Sirens. Chapter 8 Ash was reading over her notes when she got back. Marianne hesitated a moment, then leaned over the back of the sofa, putting her arms around her. When Ash tilted her head back for an awkward kiss, a weight lifted. Wasn't so bad, was it? He smells like dog. Bubba was a sweetheart. Ash had highlighted siren in bright yellow. At the top of the page, a sky full of highlighter yellow stars had appeared. If that thing is a siren, maybe it's a good thing that I've never seen a unicorn. The reality of the thing is often cruel. You aren't. She felt herself turn red. Ash set the notebook down and turned, kneeling on the sofa to face her. My hunter. My. She didn't know how to finish. She didn't have any words to really describe Ash. I'll go to the library tomorrow and research. Sirens are all myth and stuff, but the more you know. Ash brushed her hair back, sending a cascade of shivers over her skin. Whenever she thought of cutting her hair short, like a pixie cut or something, Ash would touch her like that and just... Nope. Want to go for a drive? Her lips were so close. Or we could stay home, watch movies, and fool around. Ash smiled. Even better. The next day she logged in, leaving a hello for Sarah before checking the clutch of chat rooms that weren't complete wastes. As soon as she entered the chat, Colonel Colonel PM'd her. Did you hear about those two fishermen? Wasn't it gross? The pictures on the news weren't really clear. Marianne started to type, then hesitated. Did she really want to tell a stranger about seeing magically frozen victims? I couldn't see much either, but imagine being frozen like that. Do you really believe it? Marianne bit her lip. Well, the news said it. Can you really trust the news? You think they make stuff up? Of course they do. Don't you think so? You're here too. Conspiracy theorists. Thank you for telling me about them. It's interesting to follow stories like that. No problem. Bet there will be a lot more. After all that stuff last summer, things are only going to get stranger. Marianne sat back abruptly. Fear like lead filled her stomach. So many people started coming to these chat rooms after that. I just thought you were one of them. Maybe not as passionate about it as Trust No One 1970. Colonel Colonel sent a laughing, smiley face. Get ready. There'll be more. It sounded ominous. They chatted for a few more minutes before Marianne signed off. She stared at her hollow reflection in the monitor. Her eyes looked too big. She breathed slowly until she felt less... slippery. Nothing Colonel Colonel said was suspicious. The nuts on those sites would come to that sort of conclusion. They'd even want it to happen. A lot of the online guys talked about conspiracies in a way that sounded eager, like a fetish, almost. And it was nothing she hadn't thought of. Maybe it just sounded bad coming out of someone else's head. Anyway, she hadn't learned much about sirens, for sure. It would probably be quicker just to look at the library. Maybe more reliable, too. Websites didn't really come with citations. The good weather was on pause. Rain sheeted down, pelting against her umbrella and soaking the bottom of her jeans. She huddled under the fragile vinyl shelter on the way to the library, hugging her bag to keep it dry. Almost there, she heard her phone ringing and fumbled for it, shouting a hello. Ouch! Bad time? Sarah, sorry, just... 
She got under cover and fought to close her umbrella. Okay, safe. What's up? You forgot. Shit. Reschedule? Thankfully, Sarah didn't sound mad. Nah, I think I can make it. You know, running. They ranged a coffee place somewhere close to halfway between the library and the shelter Sarah volunteered at. Marianne was grumpy with the umbrella and the weather until she had coffee in front of her. Better? Hell yeah. Addict, Sarah grinned. She'd lost weight and had shadows under her eyes almost as bad as an unfed vampire. Her hair had been turned into a little poof of blue since the last time they met up. Marianne eyed the curls enviously. It's turned all my pillowcases blue, Sarah said, eyes sparkling. It's really cute, though. She fingered a limp strand of blonde hair and sighed. So, what haven't you been up to? Ha! Fun, mostly. I don't know how you keep up with everything. Sarah waved a battered-looking notebook beside her phone on the table. Scheduling is everything. Sorry if I messed up your timing. Work distraction or lady distraction? Marianne squirmed. A bit of both, I guess. Well, one of the things in here, she tapped the battered cover, is a party night. Why don't you come? Forget about work for a while. That's what I'm going to do. Marianne took an experimental sip of coffee and decided the sugar content was acceptable, still kind of hoping to convince Ash to come. What, can't leave home without her? No, nothing like that. Sarah leaned back, looking contemplative. Marianne knew the expression. It was Sarah getting ready for giving advice. Before Marianne could head it off, Sarah waved her iced coffee. You need your own life, too. Your own friends and interests. I still run, and I took courses. You're living with her. You work with her. I mean, she's not ancient, but like... You're barely legal. Christ, why the hell should that matter? She treats me better than Bobby ever did. I just mean she'd be in a different stage of life, right? You think she's after jailbait? Nah, she'd have dumped you by now. Nice. Okay, so I mean that you have to be careful. Older people sometimes take advantage. She was about to protest when she had a thought. It must have shown on her face because Sarah shook her head. Not me. Talk to a lot of girls and guys about it. It isn't like that. It's just... I want to go with her if I go. She bit her lip, trying to decide how honest she wanted to be. Look, Bobby always said dances were shit. I'd tell Mom I was going, then we'd go and get wasted and screw. And the screwing wasn't even that great. So this would be like a first dance. She nodded, staring at her hands, white-knuckling it. Maybe Sarah meant to argue more. Instead, her head shake was wry. Not so sappy. Marianne laughed. I guess. You've talked to her. She's pretty cool. Huge improvement. Yeah. Marianne didn't quite shudder. Like all the guys who'd passed the good guy test, Bobby'd stepped up when he'd messed up, even if that was a low bar. Even if it was him who'd fucked up in the first place. All he had to do was keep the fucking condom on. She asked about Sarah's courses, absorbing all of her stories. University, professors, all of that. When she mentioned her inability to remember anything about Moby Dick, Sarah scoffed. The great white male canon. There's your problem. They think that they're speaking some universal truth. 
when it's really a tiny percentage of human history. Still gotta study it, at least to know what they think that they're saying. You need to read against canon. It's the only way to find your truth. She futzed with her cup. I've read some poetry that wasn't like that. I really like some of it. There you go. That's a good start. They discussed books. Marianne started a list. Good or bad, it would be different from whale hunting, at least. It was more comfortable than talking about Ash, too. Coming from the same place, maybe, mentally. Or just because there wasn't an ocean of experience between them. They said goodbye over the sound of rain. I really do hope you come, Sarah half-shouted. It's just drinking, dancing, innocent fun. You can meet some people and maybe get involved in the community. I mean, she doesn't have to come. You recruiting? I need a new toaster. I... what? Bad joke. I gotta run. At least consider it? I'm considering, I'm considering. Sarah laughed and said goodbye. Marianne watched her disappear into the rain, wondering what clubs were like. Were they like the movies? God knows school dances weren't. Those were just excuses to go out to the pit and screw up your life. She kind of wanted to see what it was like, but she still wanted to see it with Ash. But it was good to have friends outside of your boyfriend, or girlfriend, or whatever. She shook out her umbrella and made her dripping way to the library. How many times had girls at school basically vanished after they got boyfriends? Like pod people. Solitude didn't seem to bother Ash, whether that was because of who she'd been, all of the years of hunting, or being a vampire, Marianne couldn't say. She didn't want to bug her too much about it all. Maybe it brought up bad memories. Or she didn't like dancing. Whatever it was, Marianne didn't want to be nosy. The library was stuffed with references to sirens. Almost all of them were dry retellings of Greek myths, women mixed with birds, some academic papers talking about sirens as metaphor. She dug in, writing pages of notes, just in case. The whole dying-if-you-hear-them-and-survive thing probably isn't gonna help. Not unless it started to stalk Matt. Hello. Is there anything I can help you with? She looked up. A librarian stood at the end of her table. Her gray hair was braided up in a tidy bun. She was wearing a plaid skirt and pink sweater. Something about it reminded Marianne vaguely of the fifties. She flickered at least as much as the periodicals lady had. So, maybe it wasn't something you lost with age. The sirens. Quite a topic. I guess it pays to be well-rounded. She closed another book. They're less interesting than I thought. Ancient language texts depend very much on the translator. Most are technical, but unimaginative. They forget that living, breathing languages should be like wine for the ear that change with every telling. She spoke as poetically as Ash. Was that an age thing? Marianne closed up her notebook. From the feel of her stomach, it was almost time for a snack. She should have gotten something at the cafe. You know, we have a few books in our special collection that you might want to look at. Special collection? The librarian nodded. Officially, patrons aren't allowed in without written permission. But... I think I can give you a little time. That would be awesome. Can I take my stuff in? Of course. It's toward the back anyway. Easier for you to leave through the rear entrance when you're done.
Marianne grabbed her bag and coat and followed the librarian back toward the reference section. They didn't even have to use a key or key card or show ID or anything, but Marianne still felt like she was doing something illicit. It's going behind desks. It never feels right. I'm sorry, what's your name? Ms. Shannon. Thank you for helping me out. Oh, it's no trouble at all. She opened a door. There was a bright hallway on the other side. It was short, with a door at the far end. Try to keep the door closed as much as possible. The books are a little fragile. Do I need gloves or something? Not quite that fragile, Miss Shannon smiled. Come find me when you're done. Marianne felt her phone buzz and dug through her bag as she walked. There's a pocket you could put it in, dumbass. The door shut gently. The buzzing cut off and she sighed. She shouldn't even have it on in a library. She zipped up her bag and lifted her hand to open the next door. The hallway telescoped away from her. Endless, endless hallway. The dark door vanishing far beyond view. Her bag slipped from her nerveless hands. She turned her head, expecting it, ice crawling down her veins. Endless white hallway behind her. No. No, you're dead, you bitch. You're dead, I killed you. She held out her hands, the white scars bright against her palms. I killed you. The hall was silent. Her words fell like lead at her feet. She sat, pressing her back against the wall, hugging her knees. Her eyes burned. She couldn't. She couldn't cry. She couldn't. But it was a long time before she could move. Finally, she rubbed her face. The doppelganger was dead. This hallway wasn't that hallway. The surface at her back felt like drywall and paint. There was no breathing or screaming, just white walls and smooth tile floor. Idiot. She pulled out her phone. No signal. No power at all. So that was a thing. Check that box. She squeezed her hands together to stop the shaking. Maybe it made sense. Didn't they say that his world was far away? And the house had been everywhere. Nowhere. Ash. She started to jog. Slow and steady, testing every door. She didn't know how long the corridor was. She needed to conserve her strength. Slow and steady, ignoring the feeling of space behind her and the urge to look and make sure nothing had come through a door after her. Slow and steady, sweat dripped down her face, down her back, soaking her t-shirt. Her jeans chafed. The air in the hallway was nothing. Stale and lifeless, neither cold nor hot. Dry nor damp, she was the only thing that stirred it. Instead of the air passing over her skin as she jogged, it felt like it stuck, thickening the layer of warmth she was generating. At the next set of black doors, she leaned a moment, searching in vain for a dry part of her T-shirt. Wiping her wet arm against her wet face would have to do. Her hand shook when she tried a handle. Sports drink sounds good right now. She set off again. Her jog became a walk. She tried shouting, hoping to prod whatever was here into anger enough to show itself. It came out more as a squeak. Her mouth was dry. 
How long had she been running? And the hours under the dry library ventilation before that? At the next set of doors, she sat down to rest. Math wasn't her strong suit at the best of times, and she gave up when the logic of the calculation drifted away. Maybe if she'd started out by counting tiles, figuring out what her stride length and pace... Someone smarter than her, maybe, could have figured it out. Her brain didn't even seem to want to stay on track. She hit the door beside her. It was thick, sturdy enough to not even twitch. Well, she hadn't hit it really hard anyway. The ends of the hall were as far away as ever. She checked her phone. She checked her bag for anything that might help. She took out her multi-tool and tried to pry at the door and under it. She dragged the sharp point over the white wall. It slid off without leaving a mark, even when she tried to dig in. The ceiling just looked like more white paint. No light fixtures, just an endless soft white glow. Another minute. I'll get up in another minute. Just a minute. Or two. A long, timeless minute. The light hadn't changed when she opened her eyes. Her muscles were stiff and her stomach was aching. She got onto her hands and knees. Ash had to be up by now, right? No. Wait, no. How long had she been in Ash's village? All night and well into the following day. Even so, no time at all had passed outside. She could be in this hallway forever, and the world outside wouldn't know. Forever. Well, no. Just until she died of thirst. Her face was hot. The sweat had dried to nothing. Not a good sign. No sweat, no good. Her coach had meant it for their workouts, but it worked on the other side of the equation, too. Too much water? Not enough water? They were both bad. Once you stopped sweating... Someone is in dire straits. The voice came to her through a bubbling haze. Her doppelganger sat opposite her. Fresh blood still dripped from the ragged wound on its neck. You're dead. She might only have thought the words. Her mouth felt like the half-dried plug of glue that collected at the rubber tip of her bottle in elementary school. Very smooth, Brainiac. No one says that anymore but it lingers in your hindbrain. Like me. It was still full of malice. It looked up and down the hall, the wound at its neck gaping black and red. What are you doing here? It shrugged. How should I know? You brought me here. It tilted its head. Maybe I'm your guilt talking. Your fear. Your inadequacies and awkwardness. The knot of black and twisted slime that grows where you won't look. I don't have anything to be guilty for. Mm, that's what you tell yourself. Not even close to the truth, though, is it? Your quest. Like you would bother chasing down these little beasties and monsters if you didn't feel responsible. I would. And your lover, playing at keeping her safe, as though you could do anything, offer anything to come close to being her equal. It looked back at her. Despite the fresh blood, its eyes were flat, milky and fixed in death. They pierced through her like she was glass. This regret, that regret, 
this fear, that fear. You prepare a face to meet the faces that you meet, full of bluster and bombast. Why are you here? We haven't talked in so long. So you're my nag voice, is that it? Maybe so. Maybe it falls to me to be the devil inside, the reminder of all the things you'll never be. Great. I can leave you here, I bet, she said. There's the unfounded optimism, I remember. It grinned, waving its arm. Stuck in your own creation. This isn't me. It looked at her like you would a bug. Sure, either way. You could die here, too. Think of that. Together forever. I'm not going to die here. Its grin grew wider. Oh, darling, take me with you when you go. Don't call me that. You don't get to call me that. Only Ash could. Ash. The words squeezed out of her dried, cracked mouth. She was sure, this time, that she spoke. She closed her eyes. I want to go home. I want to go home! The blackness that marked the hallway's vanishing point raced toward her. She covered her head, crying out. A wave of dizziness hit along with the darkness. The white walls disappeared. She smashed down on a hardwood floor. She saw a flash of blue carpet and a rain-softened room, and then darkness. Darkness.